What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Boy Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright, joined by Mr. William Monroe. How you doing, Will? Doing well, Steve. How are you? I'm pretty good. I am pretty good. Getting ready for week 10. Um, Double I digits. You, I don't know if you saw. I, I managed to win in our league of record, um, which ties me for a playoff spot with like yeah, other people <laughs> it is it is very close i i dropped a close one so i'm just ahead of you i believe at five and four i think i'm maybe one of two teams at five and four yeah just two yeah fourth and fifth and then yeah there is a slew of five or five teams there from six through ten yeah my team is uh horrid it is pretty interesting that there are two teams that are eight and one and two teams that are one and eight and the rest of the league is within two games yeah, from they, fifth ten. Everyone's basically five hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give or take. Um yeah. Yeah. I can't help. Like I'm looking at this projection and it's just why is Kyle Pitts projected to have eight point nine points? Like why? Where are you pulling this number from? Yahoo. Pedigree. Ah. Right, it's got to be. Hey, he's eventually going to do it. I guess. I guess you know nine. I mean, he's done that sample three times in nine games. Right, there's a third yeah. sh- shot that he does it again. Pretty sure if you just take the average, he'll uh, get like three points. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, two point nine, two point nine, eleven point two. AJ Dillon's three. another one. Unless they're baking in the injury for Aaron Jones, and I know they're not because they do this every week. He's at eight points, which he has done twice this season one of which being week one yeah so thanks yahoo you take, <laughs> to get my hopes up take those with a grain of salt for sure yeah for that, that that's good that's a good um good just kind of lesson overall so many people look at the projections and to a degree you know you're gonna see your stefan diggs your justin jefferson projected higher but you want to take those with a grain of salt look at you know kind of the matchups and usage recently because uh, those projections, you know, I'm sure there's a lot that goes into it, but even even still, they're you know take them with a grain of salt. Yeah, Don't you got to look at gospel. You got to look at them and, and determine if you think it's it's accurate or not. Because um, I know every week I'm projected to score about 125 points, and every week I come up with like 90. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, you got the paper champion team. It looks like yeah, definitely. Oh, boy. Well, with See, that you're said, running the, the double kicker life. Look at you go. I had a bye week last week. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, the double kicker life. And the week before that, I stick was with the, uh, Jake Elliott after a whopping three points there against no, Houston. I will not. I will go back to Brendan McManus um, and then try to find somebody on our waiver wire that's worth adding. It's uh, easier said than done because our league is pretty deep. Um, makes. Makes things kind of difficult sometimes. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, that does. Um, but hey, you ready to uh, jump in and do some start sit stuff? Yeah, yeah, we got a week ten start sit questions here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump right in. Start the quarterback per the use. Um, Jared Goff at Chicago or Andy Dalton at Pittsburgh. Who do you want? Man, these are two quarterbacks. I don't think anyone thought they'd be starting. Maybe Goff, um, but Andy Dalton. Um, I think it should be easy, and I want to say golf, but Pittsburgh's defense has not been good. Um, so there is upside there with Dalton. Um, I think there were talks that maybe TJ Watt comes back soon, so that obviously could throw a wrench in it. 
I think for me, I just would rather have the stability of Goff because there's a non-zero chance that Dalton doesn't make it through the game. Winston's healthy. He's the backup. If, if Dalton's not producing, Winston could come in. He could also get vultured from um, Mr. Taysom Hill. So I think I'm just going to take the, you know, just guaranteed snaps of Jared Goff, which usually is not something you worry about with a quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's certainly true. I, I think I'm leaning Goff as well. Um, but I can see this as an, an upside floor play where Dalton's floor has been pretty steady, where Goff's floor has been pretty much non-existent. But Goff definitely has higher upside. Um, but the Chicago defense is, is definitely not good. But their offense has been better, so I could see that game being more interesting from an offensive side, uh, where the Pittsburgh offense is man and the Saints are, I'd assume, like average. So I'll take the golf side there. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird too because so many of these teams have a stigma of being a good defense or a bad defense. When you see at Chicago, at Pittsburgh, you're like, why would you want to start either of these teams? Because both of these defenses have just been historically so good. But Alas, this year, both of them are plus matchups for quarterbacks. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, next quarterback matchup here, um, uh, Dak at Green Bay or Gino at Tampa? Yeah, that's um, another one you didn't think you'd have a question on. Gino Smith has been on fire. Uh, Tampa is a good defense, too, so I am a little worried about that, but it's definitely closer than I think you would imagine. I think I'm going to stay with Mr. With Mr. Um, Dak Prescott here. Um, Green Bay's defense has been solid too, but I just think that offense has more pedigree behind it. And I I'm waiting for that Dallas offense to kick back on. And I think this could be one of the weeks here in prime time, four o'clock. Uh, they've been advertising this four o'clock game for a couple weeks now. I feel like you don't usually see advertisements weeks out for a four o'clock game, but green Bay and Dallas will definitely get that treatment. Yeah. I think I'm leaning that side as well. Um, I can see why they're advertising it. Cause in theory it should be a really good game, but it has definitely has the potential to suck. <laughs> um, given what green Bay has been doing. Um, but yeah, I trust that game being a little more interesting and, and Rogers and green Bay, you know, bouncing back, you know, losing to the Lions in a very low scoring game is, you know, pretty rock bottom. Um, so I'd expect a, a bit of a bounce back, depending on how many weapons are there. Um, Gino will probably be fine. But I don't know. The Tampa games anymore are so weird that I, I just I don't want to mess with it. Steve asking for a couple of friends. If you flip that around and it's Tom Brady instead of Gino, Dak Prescott or uh, or. Tom Brady. Dak, I think, still. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it changes. I will go back and tell my friends who are eager to find a way to not start Malik Willis this week. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder who you're talking about. Um, Yeah, I would imagine we roll Dak the rest of the year. I think Dak's probably it, unless Brady has a, a crazy matchup. Yep, 100%. But yeah, that brings us to the last quarterback matchup here. Marcus Mariota at Carolina and Jacoby Brissett at Miami. Yeah, um, this one I think is easy. I'm going to go Brissett just because 
Miami defense, they, they've been giving up a lot of points. Their offense has been scoring a lot of points. I can see that being a uh, a pretty high-scoring affair. Um, <clears throat> in theory, Mariota should score plenty of points on Carolina, but I, there's a lot less trust I have in, in that situation. Um, so I will uh, go with the upside that I see in Brissett. How about you? Yeah, and I think you usually are expecting more of a rushing upside there for Mariota, but he's only been over 20 points three times this year. One of them was the first week of the year, so only twice since the first week of the year, despite the rushing upside that you see. And that's just because he's not getting over 200 yards very often. That's only happened three times. So I just, yeah, you're, you're, you get a decent baseline with Mariota, but I don't love it there. And what I think, you know, could be a more low scoring affair um so yeah i, I think it's pretty easily preset here against miami and what i think could be a more high scoring affair as you mentioned yeah fair awesome uh running backs here will ppr um dante foreman versus the falcons or Najee versus the saints a Man, start set that everyone that predicted is, week one right yeah that is crazy <laughs> Ah, man. PPR, it does lean me a little more on the Najee side. Like, if this was standard, as crazy as it sounds, I think it would be Foreman. Um, Did he he play last? He did play last week. Yeah, wow. He just had a really low rushing total. And Cincinnati is a pretty good rushing defense. So I imagine they're going to use him. And clearly, he did well against Atlanta. Um, You're not going to get the baseline catches that you get with Najee. Um, who has had multiple catches every single week except for one where he had zero. So I do like kind of a nice baseline with Najee. Uh, despite only totaling 56 yards last week, he still got double-digit points because of catching the ball. So I think from just a baseline standpoint, Najee makes sense. If you want to shoot for the moon, you need a lot of points. I think it would make more sense to go with, with uh, Mr. Foreman. Yeah, I think the tough part with Foreman is that they're expecting Chuba to be back. And you just you don't know what that split's gonna be like. Um mm-hmm. plus who was it? Blackshear was his Yeah, name? he was involved as well. He was involved, so the situation is so murky. Um that's probably your Hail Mary. Like he probably has more upside if he is the guy. Um but his floor, given that situation, I don't think is very high. So I guess now, going back to projections, if you're projected to win and you trust your projections, I'll probably go with Najee. If you're projected to lose, I would go with Foreman, I guess. Mm. Yeah, a little more upside. All right, another uh, interesting matchup here from a running back perspective. Half-point PPR. We've got uh, returning Cordell Patterson at Carolina or Tony Pollard at Green Bay. Yeah, um... A tough one. I a you don't know if Zeke's playing this week. Um, you know he did not practice on Monday, um, so that's kind of worrisome. Um, I think I'd go with Patterson because I know if everyone's playing, both of these guys will be splitting time. But I believe that Patterson could just be like worked into just getting his full time role back, um, mm-hmm. whereas. Pollard's going to need Zeke to stay down to get any kind of full role. So I'm going to go Patterson. I don't hate either of them because I'd imagine even if Zeke is back, Pollard's still getting plenty of work. But I'm going to go with Patterson here. What about you? 
Yeah, I think, once again, as you mentioned, it does come down to Zeke. If Zeke is out, I think it's automatically Patterson. I'm sorry, automatically Pollard. He you know, would be the bell cow there. If Zeke is playing, definitely a lot closer. I think I still lean Pollard slightly over Patterson, but it's very close. I, I just think there's more upside for Pollard where as Patterson's going to get, you know, his, get his touches um, and could see, like you said, could see his role being worked back more toward his pre-injury role. But I think there, while both offenses maybe haven't been explosive, I think there is the chance that that Green Bay-Dallas game is a little more high scoring than the Carolina-Atlanta game. Um, but who knows, two bad teams can also score a lot of points. So I think it's really close. I lean Pollard slightly. Okay. Our last running back one here, half point PPR, DeAndre Swift or uh, Kenneth Walker? Yeah, this is crazy, but it is very easily Kenneth Walker for me. I am firing him up. I know Tampa Bay is a very good defense, but he has been just electric since he took over. He's been getting all the work. I need to see it from Swift first. I think they're going to still ease him back in. I think he's playable, but you have a much lower floor than you do with Kenneth Walker. So this one's pretty easy for me, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I, I realize I didn't touch on the matchups. It's Swift at Chicago, Walker at Tampa. I don't think it matters. You, they're not giving Swift the work you want, and you can't start them until they do. So, yeah, it, it's Walker pretty easily for me. All right, moving on to the wide receiver position. We've got a full PPR Michael Pittman against Vegas or Pickens. Can, uh, keep wanting to say Kenny Pickens. <laughs> Versus the Saints. Yeah, Mr. Uh, George Pickens. George Pickens. Uh, I don't know what to do. I guess I'd have to go with Pittman because I know he's going to get targets for sure. Mm -hmm. I can't say that for Pickens. He should, but in his last game against the Eagles, he didn't. So I, I can't guarantee it. Pittman should. I just, the upside is just gone. You know, that early early season love of Pittman and the high jot, they that's just gone. <laughs> New coaching yeah. staff, you know, Saturday's got no coaching experience. Um, quarterback is, is not solved. It's going to be a mess. I, I absolutely don't want to start him, but I know he'll get at least a handful of targets, and that's more than I can say for Pickens, so I guess I'll go with Pittman. Yeah, and it's a plus matchup, too. I think, you know, there's a few factors here I'll add in. These are probably both guys you're looking at more in the – Flex range, unfortunately. Um, you know, Pittman has been that wide receiver one two for most of the year, or at least you were hoping for that. Whereas Pickens, you're not you know, you were thinking of him hopefully in the flex range. So definitely trending in different directions and kind of meeting in the middle here. Um, I think yeah, you, you lean Pittman and, and just hope that someone's gotta get something done there and and Vegas's defense is not very good, so he should have a plus matchup there was on the contrary, the Saints' defense is actually pretty good. Their, their corners are very good. Um, they're good against the wide receiver position. I do think Pittman's going to get an uptick. Uh, no more Chase Claypool. So this is, you know, he's clearly the wide receiver two here, locked in. Um, and, and, you know, could prove to look even better than that uh, as he just continues to grow. But I lean Pittman slightly here. If you want to shoot for the moon, I think Pickens makes sense. He definitely has more of an upside to have the bigger game, but I think Pittman is just 
you're going to get the volume there because someone has to do something there. But that is a very, very intriguing, intriguing matchup and intriguing game um, to see what, yeah, first, like no one on that coaching staff has called plays before at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Like it was always Frank Reich while he was in there. So none of his assistants ever called plays for the team. And Jeff Saturday is brand new coach. He's never called plays either. So it's pretty wild because you also got um, John Fox and Gus Bradley on that roster. Yeah. And I was like, how could you have coaches that have this much tenure that have never called plays? But I guess they're both defensive guys. And yeah, when they're head coaches, no Bradley is. Yeah, I guess Fox is too, huh? Yeah, yeah. From his, you know Carolina, days, and they probably yeah have called plays at least on the defensive end at times. But yeah, but they probably not called offensive plays. deferred to the offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think when he was in, when Fox was in Denver, was it Kubiak that was the offensive coordinator? I think so yeah. so you would give it to Kubiak. So yeah, I guess <laughs> that's wild. But woof. Um, and Atlanta always had you know various. Offensive coordinators through Gus Bradley's tenure there. Yeah, yeah. Right, he was in Atlanta, or no? Was he? No, no, he was Jacksonville. Jacksonville after being Seattle's defensive coordinator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Which you know, even if he called play plays in Jacksonville, is that count as experience? (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want that play caller. So yeah, we we'll see how that uh, that unfolds. Um, Next question here. Well, PPR DK Metcalf at Tampa or Josh Palmer. At San Fran, I guess assuming Keenan doesn't play, because if Keenan Allen's playing, yeah, you're probably yeah. not playing Palmer, right? No, but I do think Palmer is a really good play. Um, but I, I just, I think it leans more toward DK. Um, after everyone thought, you know, there's the scare a couple weeks ago that he may have been done with that injury. He bounced back, six catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. But this most recent week, five for 37 and a touchdown. You're happy to see that, uh, especially in PPR getting the work, getting the catches, the targets are there. Uh, I don't think I can sit DK and, you know, which is a decent matchup with some injuries there in Tampa. Um, I like Palmer solid play, but I can't start him over DK at this point. Yeah. I'm with you. I could, you know, if you told me at the end of the week that Palmer outscores Metcalf, I'd believe you. Um, but I, I couldn't start him over Metcalf. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'll stick with Metcalf there. Right. Uh, and then the last matchup here for our receiver, Miko Hardman versus the Jags, DJ Moore versus the Falcons. Believe it or not, I think this one's kind of easy for me. And I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Miko. And um, I say that full well knowing that he could end up getting you one point because uh, that's certainly within his uh, range of outcomes. <clears throat> but last four weeks um, in our half point scoring league, uh, 17, 26, 11.7, 10. I mean, that, that's all pretty solid. Um, and then he gets a bad Jacksonville team. So I like that trend. And, you know, DJ Moore hasn't been terrible. But as we talked about on the waiver show, uh, I'd, what's happening with the quarterback? You know, it's going to be PJ Walker, but they benched him in the second half for Baker. They've activated Darnold that like, I don't know what's happening there. And I don't feel like dealing with that carousel. So DJ Moore could be fine. Um, has a fine enough matchup, but I don't want to play the game. Um, so I will, uh, I'll go with Hardman. I'll trust Mahomes. I'll trust what I've been, you know, seeing in the box score from Hardman here in the past few weeks. Yeah. I'm with you there. I think it is DJ. Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore's just 
it's tough to play anybody in Carolina, especially the receiving core there. A couple of the running backs, maybe, but DJ Moore, definitely probably the receiver you'd want to play, but I'd take the upside shot on Hardman. He you know, seems to be heating up a little bit here, so you take the risk that maybe he is continuing to play better and you know, kind of go roll with that. I think that's the move. Perfect. And uh, last question here. Uh, it's our tight end flex category, but it is tight end. Um, PPR here. Zach Ertz at the Rams or Dolchich at Tennessee? Man, I think Eileen Dolchich. I do like the matchup there. I do like him coming off the bye, playing well. Um, hard to sit Zach Ertz. I mean, he, he's clearly being used, all the injuries there. He's one of the top three targets. Eight targets last week, five catches, 40 yards. He got in the end zone two weeks in a row. So, I mean, if you want some consistency, I think Ertz makes more sense. He's getting, you know, he's kind of heating up from a touchdown standpoint. The Rams are a pretty good defense, though. Um, I think Dolcich may be a little more upside. We got them coming out of the bye week. Uh, you know, he's been getting the work, only scored the one touchdown, but has been in double digits here in PPR. I think I lean Dulcich, but I think more maybe he's maybe more the upside shot, whereas Ertz more the consistent. You know, you're getting some targets with him. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Dulcich or Ertz has a good floor, um, but yeah, Dulcich. I mean, seems to be ascending prior to the buy, and you would like to think that they spent the buy focusing on that and wanting to improve on that and not you know reverting back. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's Dulcich for me as well. Pretty easy, I think. Yeah, um, that wraps up our start sits here. We'll move over to the trade portion. Um, first off, with a couple of dynasty trades, we've got a 14 teamer, uh, Joe Mixon and Gabe Davis for Devonta Smith, Calvin Ridley, and Terrace Marshall. Uh, um, it is interesting if you if Ridley had been playing this past year and a half, I'd be more interested in it, but because he hasn't, I'm not, I don't think I'm willing to take Mixon and break him up into Devonta Smith. Who's really good. And Ridley who's on a new team with a shaky quarterback that we haven't seen in a year and a half. And Terrence Marshall, who's just now kind of doing good. And it might just be because PJ Walker's a quarterback. We don't really know. Um, and in a 14 teamer, your your running backs are just more valuable, right? Not everyone has top tier running backs. I'm not willing to give up Mixon for the roll of the dice that is Ridley and Marshall right now. Um, not to mention, you know, Gabe Davis on a good offense and, and solid enough. So, um, yeah, Mixon side for me, I think pretty easily. Yeah, you're giving up a lot too, um, to to get that depth. I guess you'd be looking at with the three. It is a 14 team league, so. Take that in, into consideration if you're not like a legitimate contender. Uh, it's a decent package of wide receivers to rebuild in a 14 team league. But I mean, getting Gabe Davis back too is really helpful. Um, but there's there's some you know other receivers there that I think Gabe Davis looks good. Um, but I, I could I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two there's a different receiver that's stepping up and you know the number two to Devon Diggs. So. I do like the return. If you're not a contender, you're rebuilding. I feel like you maybe can get more for Mixon, but I don't think it's a bad return. Um, I think it really just depends what you're looking for. So I think the Mixon side is a little stronger, but I think depending on where you're standing, it makes sense. 
Okay. Uh, next one here, Will. Uh, Dynasty PPR, you are a contender here. So uh, as a contending team, straight up, would you rather have Amari Cooper or Michael Pittman? I think it makes sense to trade Pittman for Cooper as a contender. Um, Cooper's been a top 10 receiver with Jacoby Brissett, and he is expecting to get a better quarterback back in a few weeks. Michael Pittman is on a team that just does not seems like a train wreck right now with the quarterback or the coaching change, a young quarterback. Um, he still could get some work, but it's a little concerning. So I think this is um, a set trade makes sense as a contending team. Cooper should be good for a few more years. Um, so it just kind of puts you in a more win now situation. Yeah, agreed. It's always this is a tough part of, of Dynasty. Um where you're staring down a, a young guy that is supposed to be pretty good at Pittman um, that you're, you're looking at and he's going to be a part of your team for the next, whatever, five years or something like that. Um, and then you have to give that away because you're a contender and you should be making that push for, you know, more of a short-term guy in Amari Cooper. Um, I'm with you. It's Cooper pretty easily for me. Um, unless if you are deep, deep at wide receiver and this is like you're not even starting like this is maybe like an insurance policy or an insurance on the insurance or something like that like if you don't need to start any of these guys i probably keep Pittman, roll the dice so you guys stay healthy um and have you know a future shot um but outside of that very specific scenario that i doubt you're in because it's dynasty and, and it can be difficult to pull that off um i'll go with cooper yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, so our last dynasty, full PPR, A.J. Brown or a package of two first-round picks in 2024 and Jahan Dotson? I think that's a pretty fair offer for A.J. Brown. But I don't want to wait until 2024 on both of them. I think if one was a 2023 and one was a 24 and Dotson, I'd take the package, but I don't want to wait two years to get my return on AJ Brown. So I'm going to stick with AJ Brown for now. All right. So that, yeah, I mean, I think I agree. It's definitely a very fair package for him. Uh, but I think AJ Brown is also a long-term asset. I mean, at least for the next four or five years and in, in, in dynasty, that is, you know, an eternity. So I would definitely make this move trading that package for AJ Brown. And I probably would just hold AJ Brown. I feel like at this point, <clears throat> his value is so high. You probably could get more for him the way he's playing the pace that he's on especially after the season two, you know, if he continues at this pace, you know, barring any injuries, he should, you know, maybe be able to get more. So I, I would hold on to AJ Brown here in this situation. I think he's just too valuable right now. Solid, solid, solid. So uh, moving to the world of redraft, um, we got two trades, both are two for ones here. Uh, starting off with a little tight end action, half point PPR, Mark Andrews or Kittle and Pierce, Damian Pierce. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't mind that package. I, you know, would obviously love to keep Andrews, but, you know, the injuries this year, definitely a little more concerning. He was pretty healthy going forward. And, and the fact that they have a guy in Isaiah likely, um, I think, you know, maybe there's a chance they work it into more of a two tight end sets and he loses a little bit of work. Um, Kittle's injury history has been rough as well. So, I think Pierce is a good 
make up there and, and just hard to get that running back depth. So I think if if you're looking to make that trade, you know, obviously redraft year, I probably would make that trade getting a running back in Pierce. Kittle, you can, you know, you, you can use him. You could also work the waivers as well. But getting that depth at running back, I think that makes sense. I might surprise you with this, Will. George Kittle, the past three weeks, 11.4 points, and our half-point scoring, 11.4, 18.8, 12.3. Yeah, some back of it, huh? I did not know that. I mean, prior to that, 5, 3, 4, and then he was out for two weeks. Um, so I think, you know, we're latching on to that, that those first five weeks and maybe forgetting that, you know, he's actually been pretty good. Um which I think to me makes the answer all that much easier. I'll go with Kittle and Pierce Add the, you know, the good running back there. Um, we don't know how long Andrews is going to be out and Kittle has been fine. I mean, maybe it was just a, you know, a three week thing. And, you know, I think Debo was out for two of those weeks and that's definitely going to play a role and who knows, but uh, you know, looking at what we got, I'm, I'm okay with Kittle. Yeah. And then moving to our last trade question here. Redraft, PPR, DeAndre Swift, or Devin Singletary and Deonta Foreman? I hate this. I hate this trade. Um, It's tough because Swift is, like I said earlier, not getting the usage that you would want. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're a team that's like... If you're three and whatever, you'd be three and six, right? Um, if you're three and six and you're a couple games out of the playoffs and you need to make a push and you have Swift, like you're you're kind of screwed because you don't know when he's gonna when he's gonna uh, you know they're gonna start giving the load back to him again if it's gonna happen <clears> all this year. On the flip side, Foreman, we we've already touched on Foreman. What's he gonna be when Chuba comes back and you know the uh, the other guy is, is has done some work. I don't know. He might be nothing. Um, Singletary's fine. Um, uh, I guess if I had, if I was in that spot, if I was three and six, and I needed, I had to get points now. I'd, I'd probably go Foreman and Singletary. I guess it, to at least get the floor that Singletary is going to give you. What? Uh, let's do a little. Live look up here, Will. What is uh, Swift been? Uh, six points this week, 12 the week prior, but he did score in that week. Um, he only got two carries against Green Bay. I, yeah, I'll go with Singletary and Foreman. I hate it, but that's what I'm going to do. If I'm on the flip side, I'm three and six. I'll, sw- I'll stick with Swift and wait him out, provided I got the running back death. Yeah. What about you? I I feel like if I'm the Swift owner, I'm either staying put or I'm looking to like package him with maybe something else to go up a tier and hope that a team is, you know, is maybe less plugged into DeAndre Swift news because they don't have him or haven't been rostering him or, or Jamal Williams and see if you can go up a tier and get like a more steady but like top tier running back. Um, someone that maybe swift would be comparable to if and when healthy um and then trade him plus for something i don't know that i really want to break him up into multiple running backs just because i think you probably need more of a top tier guy in place of him as opposed to multiple pieces yeah that's fair perfect well well with that that's gonna wrap up the uh start show um any closing thoughts there 
Yeah, good luck, everyone, here. Uh, we are here week 10. You know, it's time for the playoff push. Uh, I'd say if you want to start maybe looking at the schedules here, as we have really five weeks until most people's playoffs, maybe six weeks, somewhere in that range. Um, the playoffs coming up, so look at this little stretch run playoffs and start looking at those playoff schedules as well as we have, you know, some really good data on which defenses are good and bad and good against what positions. So definitely a good time to start looking at that ahead of the rest of the teams in your league. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck, everyone, here in Week 10. Tune in next week, another uh, waiver and start show. Until then, folks, trust your board.